0: Welcome to Stacey on the Right, the podcast, hosted by Family Vision Media. Head over to familyvisionmedia.org to find out more about our sponsor, the Alliance for Shared Health. And let's get into this. Today it's my pleasure to welcome Maj Touré, the founder of Black Guns Matter. And this is a huge topic for me. As you know, I am a proponent of the Second Amendment, of self-defense, of liberty through the Constitution, shall not be infringed. I own quite a few firearms. I'm concealed carry certified. I've taken advanced training. And we have a lot of guns. So when he says black guns matter, I take that literally. Maj, thank you for joining us today.
1: Thank you for having me. I appreciate
0: you. So, You know, you're doing a lot of work in the space. And what I love is you're in the communities that need to know the most about the Second Amendment. And there's a number of stories that I want to get to today with you here on the podcast about um, where the right to own and bear arms actually intersects with the Biden administration policy. He's very anti-gun. And so there's, there's this story last week that has nothing to do with the Second Amendment. And that is the federal government under this new plan this new uh infrastructure and, and budget bill they want to be able to track expenses anything you do in your bank account over 600 bucks
1: yeah this is this is what we call you know a backdoor um no different than you know years ago we had people saying hey man we think they're coming after our ar fifteen and everybody was like ah oh, or some people were that weren't in the know, were like, Nah, man, that's not what they're doing, so forth and so on. Fast forward till you get Beto O'Rourke literally on the stage saying, hell yeah, we're coming for your AR-15s. We're coming for your AKs, da 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 So all those you know, people that we thought were the so-called conspiracy theorists, these are the people that were right. And we've seen it a bunch of times. So now as people are saying, hey, man, it looks like they're trying to create a registry for confiscation. Oh, no, that's not what they're doing. And then we have to make sure that we're the people that says, nah, we're not even going to get to a point where, yo, we were right. We already know we're right. We have on our side. We know this answer. There's absolutely no reason for you, you know, to track $600 of purchases. So that means every time I go into a grocery store, let's say if I'm buying groceries for the whole month or a month and a half, right? I'm buying $600 worth of groceries. Now the IRS has to get involved with my transactions. These These are all tied into... Hey, if I want to go buy a you know a, a pretty you know inexpensive AR fifteen, you know nine hundred, seven hundred, maybe even a thousand dollars. Now that's going to get reported to the IRS. So it creates this registry in that sense. Now some people will say, well, you know we we already registered a serial numbers, so forth and so on. Those people want more of our freedoms to be restricted and and, and infringed upon just because something happens once and it's wrong doesn't mean you keep doing it and it's wrong the constitution is very very clear i know this legislation is something that's um it's not a done deal right now but it just speaks to you know this very um, totalitarian and tyrannical administration that we have right now for all of my friends on the left that were screaming at me that trump was going to be this hitler-esque type of dude It sure seems to be like this Biden administration or this Biden-Harris administration are that. So, no, it's just a backdoor to try to track who's buying firearms and find out what we're doing with our money, as well as um, acknowledge the fact that or limit the fact that, you know, more people want to have decentralized finance. And that's the whole crypto space.
0: It is. And so when when you're talking about that backdoor it's It creates a registry for your firearms, but it can also come around like backdoor number two, Maj. Let's say you are like your organization, Black Guns Matter. You have a GoFundMe. It's at GoFundMe.com slash Black Guns Matter. You raise money there. This is an organization that would obviously not be one that, um you know, the Biden administration would want to see flourish. So I donate to you, let's say, then, you know, and I give 650 bucks. Now they also have a record of all of my donor activity because let's face it most people who give you might give in that $5 or $10 amount but if you're giving 700, 1000, 2000 you're involved and you're really helping to find the mission of an organization when you get to that level of giving right. and a lot of people are in that zone they don't give it all at once they're giving you know 650 here maybe at christmas they give another 600 the left has been trying to and getting smacked down by the Supreme Court for years to get the donor lists of organizations that they hate so they can then go and protest at Stacey Job or or go get, you know, X fired for donating to Black Guns Matter or Family Vision or wherever the, is the conservative organization is, the Heritage Foundation. They've been trying to do that for a long time. This solves that. If If they pass this bill, this actually solves that. They can track your gun purchases. They can track your donations and all without having passed any legislation
1: this type of legislation and the encroachment we're seeing across the entire planet we're seeing in Romania 70% and this is somewhat different but somewhat similar 70% of the people in the, uh, the country of Romania have refused this mandatory jab right no we just choose to respectfully say no we no thank you um australia we're seeing people fight back literally fight with police officers in the street because they're like no this is encroaching this type of legislation not only is it disrespect to the Constitution and our American rights, our human rights, as they've been codified in the Bill of Rights and things of that nature, but it's also showing how much the Biden administration actually doesn't care about law enforcement. It doesn't. This is stuff that whether China Joe is being paid by other people, whether Fauci's getting money from the World Health Organization or Chinese investors, whatever. What this shows is they are putting this, Uh, these dollars or these resources or these agendas beyond the people's rights. And in doing so, they're in essence going to, um, you know, I get it. You want to disrespect the people, no big deal, right? If we can take and confiscate the firearms, no big deal. But you're also saying, Hey, we're going to get you police officers. We're going to get you police unions. We'll give you some sort of uh, leniency or we'll make you exempt from these, some of these rules like Congress is saying, these, you know, federal uh, employees, 100 million of them potentially have to get mandated for the vaccine. But of course, the Biden administration or Congress is exempt from that. They'll try to present the same thing. And they'll make police officers put themselves in a position where they have to fight against their oath to the Constitution, as well as fight against the 300 million guns that we know of in America, the over 100 million, gun owners in america that we're aware of now here's the unfortunate part about that if people are physically violent to stop encroachment disrespect to our way of life and a violation of our natural and human rights they are well within their rights to do so and it places law enforcement in a very dangerous and precarious position one the american populace outnumbers law enforcement and they have to make a decision at that point. And they're very quickly going to see uh, how this federal administration values their perspective, which they don't. And they're also going to be able to look in the mirror and determine, hey, is, am I going to uphold my oath to the Constitution, you know, without attempting to violate the people? Or am I going to just say, hey, I'm just doing my job like the SS and the Gestapo did in Nazi Germany? I think it's, it's a very interesting time that we're in. But I think that the people that are patriots, you are able and allowed to defend against something that we see clear as day coming. We see it. It's not like, an, it's not like a, a, again, it's not a theory. This is something that they're actually attempting to implement, but it's up to us all as Americans to make sure that we're presenting resistance to that consistently. No, it's not okay. No is the full sentence. No, thank you, Biden administration. I don't want you looking at our money after every $600 purchase. I don't want you telling me what we have to be mandated. That's not the role of government, period.
0: Period. And so you you make a point there about the firearms. And I, I've I've read so many op-eds and articles and even, you know, the the research papers that you can get at SAF and you know, even sometimes over at the NRA, they have these articles over at NRA ILA about gun ownership in America. And I also get some of the the magazines. So, you know, you flip through and it'll say sometimes it says the number you said, 300 million. Sometimes I've seen the estimates go as high as four hundred to six hundred and fifty million lawfully owned firearms in America. That doesn't even include all the unlawfully owned firearms that are bought out of people's trunks, stolen and resold, you know, all kinds of different situations. But there, there is a, a real misunderstanding. Most police departments are not thousands of, of officers strong. There are hundreds of officers and they police neighborhoods numbering in the multiple millions of people. So it's really law and order and the good nature of American citizens. The fact that we don't have 50% of Americans are criminals that keeps everything working right. It's not just law enforcement. And it's also like here in St. Louis County, the reason crime is not higher in the county is because people know, criminals know whether they're in the county or the city, that they are much more likely to encounter an armed homeowner in the county than they are in the city. Yep, They know this because When they've come out and tried to do certain types of crime, I'm not talking about breaking into people's cars or, you know, breaking, stealing stuff out of the garage at night when you leave the garage door open. I'm talking about armed robberies where they're going into the house and they're planning on robbing people. They will go during times they think homeowners aren't home, and even then they will encounter an armed homeowner, and it deters crime. This is a very important thing for us to discuss and to continue to battering ram into people's heads that... It's not just law enforcement that keeps law and order in this country. And every action taken by Democrats, because it's always the Democrats, isn't it, Maj? Every time you see some of this gun-grabbing nonsense, some of this I-want-to-be-in-your-bank-account nonsense, some of this Hitler-esque nonsense, the same stuff they accuse Trump of but they're really guilty of because they project, it's always the Democrats. So – um, I also want to touch on Afghanistan. I've been waiting to talk to you about this because we've had a few people on the podcast and on the show at night to discuss the debacle of Afghanistan. But one of the least discussed items when we talk about the $85 billion in equipment that was left behind is the 700,000 or so. Sometimes I see the number 600,000 guns, operational guns, some of them handguns and long guns. Talk to us about that. Because we shouldn't have AR-15s, Maj, but they, they have now 700,000 right. guns we,
1: and we, ammo. We want to leave, leave short bursts and full auto over there to the guys that you said were the complete terrorists. Now, let me, get, let me be clear. I have my, 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 my perspective on we shouldn't have been there, you know, if, if, there, if the truth is a group of people attacked our, our buildings in September the 11th, and I have my reservations about that. But if that's the case, and if you guys said we got the guy, we need to get out of here. When I had issues outside, I didn't stay in a neighborhood that I had issues with after I dealt with the person that I had the one issue with. And it's the same thing. So we spread that and we go, okay, cool. We've been over there for 20 years with trillions upon trillions of dollars, right? And then we leave the munitions. We leave them. We just said, these are the bad guys. We leave the firearms. And and don't get me wrong. I know that's, standard operational procedure when you leave an occupied area. It, It costs more to take the munitions than it does to leave them. But however, when you're talking about, oh yeah, by the way, these are the worst bad terrorists on the planet. Maybe you should make some concessions in that scenario, and maybe you shouldn't leave an entire armament for these bad guys. This is part and parcel for the horrible actions of the Democratic Party, and it just manifests right in front of our eyes. They got their fourth, uh, you know, their unofficial fourth uh, branch of the government, the mainstream media. They got them to peddle this Trump is the racist thing. It's totally ignoring Joe Biden, his dementia, his, his, his willingness to sniff and, and be just a creep with children, to ignore his 50 year career of locking black people up. But somehow he's not the racist, but Trump was. Now, ignoring all of that through their mainstream media tactics, and then you say, Hey, we're going to get out of here. You shouldn't have been there in the first place. And then you leave the firearms. And then you would attempt to, while leaving billions upon billions of dollars worth of firearms, of my firearms, because those were my tax dollars, right? Our tax dollars. You then say, you're going to now police and add more restrictions onto me. And my firearms is a safe and responsible American firearm. If that's not a contradiction of the highest order, I don't know what the word means. And I'm seeing something that's happening. These debacles are so goofy at extreme levels that even people that may have identified as Democrat, maybe not politicians, but the rank and file Americans are going like, Yo, bro, I think I, I think I kind of like picked, I backed the wrong horse on this one. And that's what's happening. Government is so horrible, especially this Democratic-run Biden-Harris administration. It's so horrible. They're doing the, the, a lot of the heavy lifting that patriots needed to be done. The people are waking up because they're so bad. They're so bad. Same thing, southern border. Yeah, all of these people can come in unlawfully. We're not checking them for any type of mask or, or proof of vaccination, but you to go into your restaurant in your local town, You now have to. These are contradictions that I'm glad are being exposed. But it's our fault and it's our time to solve this with our actions, how we're voting, how we're being active, how we're simply saying, no, no, thank you, Biden administration. You're not our master. You actually work for us.
0: And so last thing and you just hit it right there. They work for us. We need an attitudinal shift because I hear too many people talking about, well, you know, that senator, he's going to save America. He's going to save us. He's going to save this district. None of these elected officials are going to save anything. What they're going to do is go to Washington, D.C. and get tempted by the money, the power. The influence, the lobbyists, they're going to be co-opted by those who've been there for decades and brought into the circle, taught how to insider trade, taught how to enrich themselves and their families, and taught how not to care about the constituents who sent them there. So if our attitude is that they're going to save us, we've already lost. But if we send people to D.C., but the attitude that when they get back to the district, they're not going to be driven around. They're going to be expected to drive themselves around and they're going to be expected to meet right. with constituents. And who, who cares what insider training you're doing, because that's lawful for you as an elected official. We want to know what you're going to do for the people who voted you in. And if you don't do what you said, then you don't get reelected. And we don't have that attitude right now, Maj. We
1: don't have that attitude because, you know. When the Department of Education was created, it was designed to make sure that the people were just buzzer buzzer working bees, not thinkers, not, not innovators, not people that are gonna think about what we can do for America, how we can serve our nation, how we can serve our community. That's the attitudinal shift that you speak of that needs to that did happen in the wrong way, that we need to one eighty it back to the way it was. Okay. There's about maybe I wanna say if I'm spitballing, maybe five to ten solid politicians on a national, on a, you know, a, a NBC, you know, a good friend of mine, you know, Thomas Massey is one of them. You know, you have to be critical. Senator Rand Paul is another one of them. You know, we have to make sure that we are, to your point, we have to put people in those positions that actually I don't like politicians. I think they're disgusting. I think they're slimy. I think the job, um, you know, they, they've they've created this space where they're the new celebrities. You know, I think we need more, hardworking, blue collar women and men that actually dislike the politicians that are there. That person will fight for us. There's a movie, uh uh Gladiator with Russell Crowe. In the movie Brief Synopsis, he decides that, you know, he wants to get out of the war. They won. He wants to go back and just grow his food with his his wife and his child. The the, the son who's corrupt kills the father, becomes Caesar. He becomes a slave, has to fight his way through slavery to become this famous guy. And then he starts to attack the new Caesar, which is the young son, the arrogant son that doesn't understand the importance of what the position of Caesar is. In order to do that, he has to fight to take over. And once he he tells the guys that says, hey, so you're telling me that once you got all of Rome, you're going to give it back to the Senate. And he was like, yes, Rome is an idea. I never wanted this. The king wanted me to be the Caesar, but I did not want this. I don't want it. I do not want it. When people say to me, "Maj, you should," I do not want it because those people are disgusting. We have to find and raise a new crop. You know, Kimber, Kim, Kim Clayson calls it the Red Renaissance. You know, my libertarian friend mm-hmm. calls it the you know the Mises Takeover. We have to find people that are willing to do the ugly work of public service. That find the current majority crop of politicians as the slimy scumbags that they are and they're willing to do battle with them for the people. That's how we have to get back to that space. If not, and this is the scary grim part, um, you know, the republic can fall. Republics have fallen before. And everything that we're doing right now under this democratic leadership, right? And even before this, a lot of democratic fights and all of these and manipulations we're mirroring what the British Empire looked like when their empire fell. Over, over, over too much credit, too much debt, you know, shortages, tyranny, fascism. All of these things are what makes makes republics fall. But now that we notice, we can get an you know an extension on the amount of time that the or even the forefathers to this you know the founding fathers said hey this empire lasts about this time. We're actually longer than that. But we can stretch it out a little bit more by educating the people and putting people in, that D- in those D.C. spaces that actually are disgusted by the current crop of politicians. That's how we save the republic on a political level.
0: Yeah. And I, I agree with you 100 percent. And when you mention Kim Klasick, to me, she's grasped onto the little promoted idea that there are no unwinnable districts. And she yeah. has a crop of people there. Carla Spaulding, Billy Prempa, you know, th- these are these are quality people who really hate Washington, D.C., and they'll only go there to assist in the cleanup. They're not going there for power or influence or money. And they're, they're incorruptible in that the reason they're going is to clean it up. They're not going because they want to be famous or they want, you know, they want clicks or, or, or clout. Um, And you mentioned that the, the crop of people, I know this last election, um, you know, regardless of what happened in November, we got some quality people in there. Byron Donald's from Florida, Um, Lauren Boebert, there's some people who went in this time who are younger and leaner and and they're mean enough to stand up to the Democrats and the entrenched Republicans. And we need more people like them. So that's what gives me hope. Also, seeing what you're doing, I see you all over the country traveling, not just speaking, but actually going into communities and talking to people about their gun rights and really being real with people at the level where you find them so they can get co-opted into their own freedom. Because, you know, we can co-opt into reality television, clothes, shoes, cars, houses. But you're talking about co-opting into this idea that the founders gave to us. But so many people don't know how to market it to everyone. And you know how to talk to everyone from Fox News to podcasts to everything else in communities, talking to people face to face. I hope you never stop doing the work. I'm so glad that you were able to join us today. Um, I already follow you on Twitter. I just sent out a tweet. If anybody's interested, you can go over to uh, at Stacey on the right on Twitter. Check it out. Also, um, thank you for joining us on the serious program and here on the podcast, Maj Touré, Black Guns Matter. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Peace. All right. Talk again soon. Have a great afternoon. All right. So here at Stacey on the right, we are huge proponents of also not just gun freedom, not just the kind of freedom that you find. Um, In Christ, but also the kind of freedom you find when your health care is your own, when you're managing it yourself, when you are in charge of what you get to use for your accessing your your health insurance. And that is what the Alliance for Shared Health does for us. They bring to us the ability to join 40,000 other households and access a virtual care provider at zero cost. You can also get your share prescription card and dive into just stopping by the pharmacy as you would do with your regular health insurance. And there's so much more. It's really about being involved in a ministry that doesn't support abortion or other societal ills that really are shameful and Christians shouldn't be involved in. So you can check out the Alliance for Shared Health at stacyontheright.com and familyvisionmedia.org. Check them out. Sign up. You, there's nothing to lose. There's also a, an amazing amount of, of freedom in being involved in a health share ministry as opposed to health insurance, which they can cancel and all the Southern nonsense. Um, it's the Alliance for Shared Health, changing healthcare and changing lives. Go to stacyontheright.com and find out more. So God bless you. Um, find your way over to the websites, familyvisionmedia.org. And find me on all the socials, Gab, Parler, Getter, um, and, of course, Twitter and Instagram, at Stacey on the Right. Have a blessed day.